Let me pray for us before we look at the psalm together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this chance to be together as a church family. We thank you for your love for us and your constant care and provision even in the midst of uh, these unusual circumstances that we are facing. We pray that you would calm our hearts now so that we can hear you well and in hearing your word, uh, that your word would bring joy to our hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Growing up, one of my favourite comic books was Calvin and Hobbes. In just a few short images, uh, they were able to capture the human experience perfectly. Uh, here's a typical scene. Calvin and his friend Hobbes desperately trying to get to sleep and Calvin exclaims, it's hard to feel courageous in your loose-fitting drowsy bear pyjamas. I imagine many of us feel a bit like Calvin at present, overwhelmed and ill-equipped to deal with the changes and troubles that seem to be coming at us on a daily basis. And while Calvin's anxieties, if you've ever read the comic book, are often irrational and easily remedied, it is not so with us. Life at the moment feels a bit like uh, those last moments in a washing machine spin cycle and living there in that washing machine with so much of our life being spun around all over the place. We feel powerless to cope. Uh, our world is broken. There is a serious sadness to the days that we live in that is well beyond our power to change. Yes, in this world there are reasons to feel overwhelmed and reasons to feel anxious. I wonder if you know that feeling. I'm sure you do. Uh, let me uh, define anxiety for us as we think about it both in the psalm and in Luke chapter 12. Anxiety is that sense that you're on your own in a world that is too big, too uncontrollable, too dangerous and you can't fix it. Now, how do you deal with that feeling when anxious thoughts multiply as our psalmist says? Are you uh, someone who in those moments tries to redouble your efforts, make better plans, come up with new ideas and try and take control? Or perhaps the opposite, are you someone who shuts down, uh, short circuits and ceases to function in these moments? And whatever your plan is, let me ask you, does it work? Or are you like Calvin, uh, as you can see in this other uh, example from Calvin and Hobbes, uh, sometimes even uh, lucky rocket ship undies just don't do the trick. Sometimes our plans fall short. In a world uh, like ours, there are many reasons to feel anxious. And yet, in a world like this, the Bible offers a simple command to us. Do not be afraid. And the Bible gives us substantial reasons to heed that. And that's what we're going to think about together as we look at the psalm and look at Luke chapter 12. Uh, we're going to look at it under three headings. Here they are. You have reasons to be anxious, yes. Secondly, you have even better reasons to listen to God. And thirdly, you have reason to call out to him for help. Let's look at each of those in turn. Firstly, the Bible does acknowledge this. You have reasons to be anxious. We've spoken a little already about what we feel anxious about, but it is worth asking why we feel anxious. In one sense, the answer is simple. We're anxious because of the situations we find ourselves in. We're anxious because this virus is spreading and people are getting ill and tragically some are dying. We're anxious for those who have to deal with this on the front line in hospitals, in schools or wherever it may be. And we're anxious uh, for the economic impact of this virus and we're anxious perhaps even for our own jobs and livelihoods. There is a reasonable answer to the why question. The situation makes us anxious. 
But to understand the reason why we feel anxious, we have to look not just at the situation, but also at ourselves, at how we approach the situation. Again and again in the scriptures, when God answers the why question for us, why we as his creatures feel anxious, uh, he points us inwards to our own hearts. The reality is, if we stop to listen to our own anxious thoughts, as the psalmist calls them, they do tell their own story. They tell the story of what is important to us, what we love, what we don't want to lose. And most often these things are very good things that God has given us, a happy family or our own health or our work and livelihood. We're anxious that we may not get these things or if we had them, we're anxious that we may lose them. Uh, but here's the reality, here's what the scriptures tell us. It tells us this, that our anxiety when we feel this way comes because we have a misplaced faith. A great deal of our sense of being anxious comes from a misplaced trust in this world. Uh, we, we view the world as being ordered and reliable and predictable. We make our plans in life as if a, if I do A plus B, it will equal C. That's how it works. And we find ourselves troubled that again and again it doesn't seem to equate. And it doesn't do that because our world is disordered and yet we think maybe there's just a glitch in the system and it will right itself eventually, but it doesn't seem to. Our anxiety can come from misplaced faith. Secondly, it can come because, well, we're proud. We are convinced that within our own power, I can make sure A plus B equals C. And so we make plans as if we're in control. Our anxiety comes from trying to control things that are actually uncontrollable. Our anxiety comes from wanting things to go our own way. I want my will to be done. I want to be God in my own life. In the end, the Bible tells us we do have reasons to be anxious. And some of them are the situation we find ourselves in. It does not deny that. But there is also ourselves, our own hearts and how we approach the situation. And so given that, here's the next thing that the scripture tells us. We have better reasons in those moments to listen to God. Uh, here's the psalm verse from Psalm 94 that we've been focusing on today. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations bring joy to my soul. Such a brilliant verse. Let me read it again. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations bring joy to my soul. The claim of the Bible is this, yes, you have reasons to be anxious, but you have even better reasons to listen to the God who loves you and knows your situation. Every page of scripture is actually written to speak to us in the midst of that anxiety, such that even as our anxious thoughts multiply, his consolations are enough to bring us joy in those moments. Under the weight of uh, seemingly exponential growth in anxious thoughts, God says, you're not alone. I'm with you in this. And the one who says this is the God who we know made all things. He knows we're overwhelmed by these things, that they are beyond us, but he also knows that they are not too big for him. He is our help. He is our safety. Uh, let me read a few more verses before our verse in Psalm 94. Uh, Psalm 94, starting at verse 17, says this. Uh, the psalmist says, When my foot was slipping... Your love, O Lord, supported me. When my anxious thoughts were multiplying, your consolations brought joy to my soul. Do you see the equation? He speaks not to take us out of those situations, 
But as our anxious thoughts increase, he speaks a word of promise to bring us joy even in the midst of them. Uh, Have a look with me at our other reading and we'll zoom in there for a little while. Luke chapter 12, well worth turning to that now. And here in Luke 12, uh, verse 22 to 28, Jesus piles reason on top of reason on top of reason to calm our troubled hearts when our anxious thoughts multiply. And here's the first reason he gives. It's in verse 23 of Luke 12. Your life, he says, is more than the things you worry about. The things that make us anxious are very good things, things that God has given us, life and breath and everything else. But the Bible says, verse 23, your life is actually bigger than those things. There's so much more to you than what you have or don't have, says God. In this passage, Jesus is actually referring back to a story that he has just told, a story of a rich man, a man whose life seemed to consist only of, well, just building bigger barns. In the end, this man dies in the midst of building his latest, biggest barn and that's all he has to show for his life, uh, ever-increasing barns. The Bible's verdict on such a life, foolish. There is more to you than the stuff you have, says Jesus. Reality is, what you have or don't have is not playing as the feature film in the theatre of the universe. What is playing is the activity of this God who is strong and king and who is with us and for us. What is playing is how we respond to him in those moments as we grow anxious. Are we going it alone or are we trusting him? He says to us, your life is more than what you worry about, trust me. Here's the second thing he says, uh, next verse in Luke 12, verse 24, he says, look around, observe the world. He says, in fact, he tells us to zoom in on one part of it. He says, look at the ravens, uh, really the the lowest in the pecking order of the birds. Look at even the mangy ravens, he says. Uh, The maintenance of this world, keeping it in order, keeping it working well, is well beyond us as we're experiencing at the moment. But he says, even the mangy ravens are provided for by God. Nothing is out of place to him. You you are so much more precious to him than the ravens, Jesus says, Uh, You can trust him that he will look after you. Look around, he says. Uh, Third reason he gives us uh, to calm our anxious thoughts. You see it there, verse 25 of Luke 12. He says, think reasonably. Think logically when you're anxious. Verse 25, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Now, this may not be what we want to hear when we are feeling anxious, but Here's the truth, says Jesus. Your anxious thoughts are actually getting you nowhere. You might be running around in circles, trying very hard to keep control, but he says you're not adding a single hour to your life. You're not in control. Remember, says Jesus, your life is bigger than what you're worrying about. You matter far more than the ravens that he cares for. Remember that your anxiety is not actually in the end achieving anything. And then this. And this is the big one, I think. Have a look at verse 27 and 28 of Luke 12. He says this, think big when you're anxious. Luke 12, verse 27. Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labour or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is, well, here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire... How much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? 
When God says he will provide for us, he, he doesn't just offer subsistence provision, does he? Baseline provision. No, he offers life and life to the full. Eternal life even. Not life that's here today and gone tomorrow sort of life. He says, consider the lilies of the field. You know, what he's talking about here is those, you know, those roadside flowers that you might see on a motorway or a footpath that sort of creep through the cracks. They're, they're weeds, basically. He says, look at them. They're, they're ridiculously overdressed for their job weeds god's provision for them is not just functional it's glorious how much more you who are his treasure made in his image will he care for you we are to turn to god and say help me with what i am anxious about but as we do he says in his words yes i will help you but know this i've got bigger plans for you you're anxious about money I understand that, says God, but know this, you will share in the inheritance of all the earth. You're anxious about your health, I understand that, but you need to know I'm going to clothe you with eternity. It is, as God says in 1 Corinthians 15, speaking of the hope of the resurrection that God has given us, it says this, so it will be with the resurrection. The body that's sown perishable is raised imperishable. It's sown in dishonour, it will be raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, it's going to be raised in power. That's our promise, that's our hope. For here is the one in the Lord Jesus, the only one who has conquered death so that we can be sure of these things. And those of us who will quit pretending that we are in control and come to him for rescue, he declares these words, I will raise you even from death. I will clothe you with eternity. We have reasons to be anxious, yes, but we have even better reasons to listen to God's word of promise. And when we do, and this brings us to our third and final point, when we do, we should find ourselves crying out to him for help when we're anxious. That's how the equation of Psalm 94 verse 19 works. Do you, do you see it there? When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, how does this work then? How does his consolations bring joy to my soul? The, the more my anxious thoughts multiply, how is it that I feel the joy of his consolation? How? Well, by bringing my anxiety and his promise together. By praying to him, by crying out to him, by grabbing hold of his promise in those moments. It is the thing that we forget to do when we're anxious, isn't it? God and his promises in those moments of anxiety and feeling overwhelmed, they become very vague uh, just something we read in a book once. And our trouble's very immediate and overwhelming. And so we end up approaching them without him. Prayer is how we bring our situation and his promises back together. It is, as we read in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, this same equation. It says, don't be anxious about anything. How? Well, here it is. In everything, by prayer and petition, and with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. Prayer and petition, they sound like religious words, jargon, don't they? Well, prayer simply means this, ask. And petition simply means this, really ask. See, when we come to him, when we cry out to him in prayer, which is what he is calling us to do when our anxious thoughts multiply, he responds by making good on his promises. His consolations, as Psalm 94 verse 19 calls it. Now, that's a funny word, isn't it? Consolation. I hear that word and I think of consolation prize. It sounds a bit token, doesn't it? That's what a consolation prize is, a bit of a dud, pretty ineffective. 
But God's consolations are not a token pat on the back. They're not the chocolate bar after a difficult day. They're they're not that glass of wine when the kids have finally gone to bed. They're they're not that first morning on that much-needed holiday. They're, They're much bigger than that. In fact, his consolations are new every morning and they will stretch into eternity. His word is spoken for your consolation. It's written so that in this world where we will have trouble, as Jesus promised us, we will not be afraid, but we will instead hand over control to him. The God who is there, the God who is with us, the God who is for us. His promises are spoken, Philippians 4 says, to guard your hearts, to garrison your heart. When we cry out in prayer in response to God's promises, we're not crying out to an idea or a sentiment or a slogan. We're actually crying out to a person, a promise-fulfilling person. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says in Corinthians, it says, no matter how many promises that God has made that we're meant to cling to when we're anxious, no matter how many promises he's made, they are, yes, delivered in full in Jesus. He is our consolation. As our anxious thoughts multiply, God offers what we need most, a person with us, a person who is bigger and more wonderful than all that weighs us down, even in our most anxious moments. He can carry it all. That's what he is doing at the cross. That's what he is doing still as our brother, as the one who is for us. He is the one who, as we cry out to God for help, and as we do, know this of of the one who is for us, the Lord Jesus. Do you know what Hebrews 4 says, verse 15 and 16, some of my favourite verses in Scripture? It says this, as we cry out, He is able to sympathise with our weakness in those moments. He himself has been tested, we're told, in every way, just as we are, but he was without sin. And so we can approach his throne of grace in those moments with absolute confidence and we can receive from him mercy and find help in our time of need. Anxiety, as I defined it before, is that sense that you are on your own in a world that is too big too uncontrollable, too dangerous, and you can't fix it. Into such a fear, our God speaks the word of his son, the Lord Jesus. Because of Jesus, because of God made flesh with us, we are never alone. We have the perfect companion for whatever tomorrow will hold for us. Our joy is this. God does life with us, even in the midst of our anxiety. He is with us that that first moment we come to trust the Lord Jesus. He is with us there in life's greatest moments and deepest sadnesses. In fact, as Romans 8 declares, in death, in life, in the present, in the future, in danger and trouble, in hardship and lack, in all of it, we are not alone. He is with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. That is our joy. You know, joy is one of those great words in the English language that you can almost picture it as the word is said. And every time I hear the word joy, I think of children and childish joy, exuberant joy. But as adults, we grow out of that, don't we? We grow up out of such joy because, well, we might try to find it in a hundred different artificial ways, some of which have been taken away from us for the time being. But as adults, we know too much to have that sort of joy. we, We know the world too much. Or could it be that we know too little? Could it be that we know too little of his consolations? 
Childish joy, yes, cannot hold up under the weight of adult life and the sort of things we're experiencing as a world at the moment. But the news that Jesus Christ came into this world so that we may have friendship with him, so that he could be our present help and safety, the news that because of Jesus we are never alone and that he will clothe us us one day with eternity, that's a joy that can hold up under anything. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that uh, in those moments that we're feeling at the moment when anxious thoughts do multiply within us, we know that your word of promise, the promise of the Lord Jesus, is enough to bring joy to our hearts. We pray, Father, in those moments that who you are and what you have done in the Lord Jesus will not be vague and our problems big, but the other way around, Father, that we will see him and that we will trust him. In his name we pray. Amen.